Are you expecting a pay rise this year? What about a bonus and extra benefits such as flexible working hours? The good news is that salaries in the UAE are expected to rise by an average of 2 to 5% in 2023. But it does depend on your role and the industry you work in. According to a recent survey by jobs portal Bayit.com, 53% of professionals in the UAE expect to receive a salary increase this year. Are you one of them? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the Personal Finance Editor at The National. Joining me today is Trevor Murphy, the Chief Executive and Founder of Recruitment Specialist Company Cooper Fitch, who's here to discuss this year's salary trends in the UAE. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favourite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Trevor. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. So it seems like another positive year on the hiring front and for salary increases in the UAE. What's the average increase expected to be? And will certain sectors get bigger rises than others? So we've released the uh, Cooper Fitch Salary Guide uh, for 2023 in the last couple of weeks. Um, And we see the average across the UAE will be about 2%, just under 2%, which is an average of all averages. Uh, We surveyed uh, just over 300 organisations, and we do see that there are some areas or some segments of the market that will outperform that. And they're probably the top three are finance and investment, uh, the consulting and tech uh, side of the market, and also the real estate market. We're seeing some slightly improved over over the average. So how much higher would that be over the average then? So I think... Within finance and investment, we're probably talking about somewhere between 5 and 7%. In the consulting and technology, we were seeing 3 or 4%, but there's there's a bit of a global play there. And depending on what the rest of the world does, it's not it's not necessarily uh, going to be that high. And then the real estate, maybe, maybe 3.5 or 4% as well. Mm, okay. I think we need to switch um, sectors, don't we? Do you know what? Sometimes different. It's always different sectors that seem to be that seem to improve. It's never the same areas. I mean, the single most important caveat for an organization increasing salaries are probably the size of the organization, their scale, their market position, how well they're doing from a profit line point of view. These are much much more important. Or just a higher coefficient of correlation between that, those kind of elements than just a sector increasing uh, salaries. Okay. But what about bonuses? I think that's, you know, at the top of everybody's list, you know, at the beginning of a new year. Are they back on the table and how much are employers planning to reward staff for their hard work over the past year? I think, um, I think back on the table um, as, a, as, an, as an overriding view of it, um, we're seeing that 74% of organisations um, plan to pay out uh, an annualized bonus based on last year's performance. Um, to give you just a bit more of a, a breakout there, so that's 36% of, of those surveyed um, that said they would pay out a bonus are going to pay one month's salary, uh, 20, 20% paying a two month salary, and then 10% paying a three month salary. And then of, of, the, of the remaining, about 8%. Um, plan to pay between four and six months salaries. I think that that's probably putting uh, you know bonus back on the cards. Um, it was a, quite a similar number to last year um, in our last uh, overview of the previous year, uh, but I think the the overall value of the bonus payout has increased quite significantly this year. 
Yeah, I mean, imagine getting four to six months uh, bonus. That would be quite incredible for people. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's you're talking about four percent of the overall, and they're they're typically in the financial services and banking sectors who historically pay out large bonus pools uh, based on performance. Mm, there's that uh, banking sector again, definitely in the yeah. wrong, doing the wrong job. Um, <laughs> so. Another crucial part of an employee's salary package is benefits. What are employees asking for? What are employees giving? And more importantly, is there a disconnect between the two, you know, with, you know, what one is offering and what the other is asking? I mean, the usual packages contain your basic housing, transportation allowances, flight tickets, medical, um, and some level of uh, kind of a work-life balance benefit, which is obviously a kind of a predominantly a post-COVID phenomenon. Um, I think that the traditional expat package is, is no longer a play for employers. So we're seeing a reduction in relocation packages. We're seeing um, a reduction in terms of the number of organizations that are willing to commit to a fixed year bonus on joining. Um, and I put that down a lot to, you know, the resounding year-on-year improvement in in the UE as a a location to live and to work in. And it's probably an important play still, a significantly important play that there's a tax-free opportunity. It's very attractive for job seekers to move here. And there's also, in a lot of cases, in in many of the segments we work in, there's a vastly improved uh, career progression path for people that come come to the UE or come to the Gulf. Then off the back of a like a pretty gloomy uh, forecast for Europe, Asia, and America for the year ahead, I think the UE is certainly a place to be. I mean, there's exceptions to this as well. I think there are certain skills that are hugely sought after uh, globally. Um, you know, within the say within the tech and fintech are two very obvious uh, components. So I think if the global economy was to pick up above the end of year projections for this year, I think we could see some significant uh, changes in terms of what packages are offered. Um, and then within the region, particularly within the UE, there's a, there's a significant play uh, for a hub for the consulting firms, including Strat Legal Management Consulting. And again, there are areas there that uh, there's a significantly improved package and offer and benefits and offer for, for people that are willing to move here and join those consulting firms. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned a couple of sectors, you know, but I'm just, um, and tech as well. And I mean, obviously there's a lot going on in the tech industry, you know, in the US, for example, where, you know, hundreds of thousands or maybe 150,000 plus people have lost their jobs in the tech sector. But I, I get the impression though that tech, technology is, as a sector here is still very much in demand. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, look, I think there's, there's been, and rightly so, there's been an awful lot of reports written about the, the, the redundancies that are making, that are being made globally. Um, the challenge with tech is that it's always moving and always changing and always uh, progressing and changing. So what you get is the tech skills uh, that someone had five years ago or 10 years ago are now not the sought after skill set. Um, and then the UE is such a dynamic marketplace that it always changes. So, you know, we've aligned ourselves as a fintech hub and as a as a hub for, for crypto and blockchain. And again, that, that technology didn't exist two or three years ago. 
And the other, the other thing I'd probably add to that is that since, since the beginning of COVID, a lot of those organizations that are now laying off staff, you know, in some cases they doubled in size. They're, you know, increased by, increased their head count by 30, 40%, including Google, all the soft social media, um, like uh, Facebook and, and LinkedIn and, um, and, and, and Instagram and Amazon all significantly increased their, their workforce. And that's kind of now maybe coming back down to a more normative level of, of demand for their services. And then the workforce has to has to play into that um, overall demand. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you think as well, I mean, last year, I think, you know, one of the trends was that, you know, companies were battling to retain talent because, you know, there were so many more opportunities, um, you know, in, in the hiring market in the UAE. Has that changed for this year, and are employees doing anything different to retain and attract talent? It's a great question. And look, I think in terms of whether the retention um, and and the the war for talent, as as maybe I, I I and others within the search sector talked about, I mean that a lot of that will depend on what happens globally. The US have just announced um, their numbers for Q4 uh, this morning, and they're showing a two point nine percent growth. Um, in in GDP for Q4 last year, so so if that continues and the US comes out of what's a perceived global recession, again that could change things. Um, I'm not sure if it'll impact Europe in the same way, but but for sure that that and and that global impact has a direct correlation and impact on what organizations uh, and the employment market as an overall happens here. But I think in terms of retention, we're seeing organizations do. Um, and, and, and kind of in no biased way, we see them, there's more use of both global and locally based search firms. So on the attraction piece, you're getting a better hire and then the retention piece, people should stay for longer if that hiring process is, is good. And we're also seeing organizations attempt to develop a strong people focused culture. And I think we're, we're on a journey there. I don't think that that's where it needs to be right now. People are looking at the work-life balance component again to kind of retain people in their jobs. We've certainly seen a an increased demand for the use of engagement service through our HR advisory practice in terms of really understanding what employees want. Whether organizations are actually stopping and looking and listening to what those surveys say is maybe the, the question that's unanswered just yet. So I think... As organizations across the UE, I think we're, we're, we're still maybe struggling a little bit to develop, you know, what's seen as best practices whilst continuing to grow the business, improve profit line or maintain profit line uh, in terms of helping to attract and retain staff. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of focus uh, definitely on the work-life balance. And of course, that's a legacy from the pandemic, but it would be good to see, you know, sort of more, more of that, you know, being offered to, to employees, I think. Yeah, agreed. Finally, Trevor, can you give us any tips on how job seekers or even employees can negotiate a pay rise? I mean, it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah, no, it is. Um, look, I think I think my first advice, you know, a very traditional piece of advice, if you don't ask, you won't receive. So that's the first thing. It's about creating a dialogue that you have an expectation on improved compensation um, to match what you believe you deserve. But the very first thing I would say is, you know, if if you deliver a high performance year, um, 
that's important that you you do that before asking for something that maybe you don't actually deserve. You know, secondly, for me, prepare a really strong business case, an individual business case with lots of good examples of what you've achieved. I think it's really important that you stay calm and collective in your review process as well, because you you want it to be a very business-like case, not coming in and, and, and in any way demanding something, but just a very logical and calm experience for both you and the person that needs to then maybe look at increasing your salary. And for me, it's about you should ask for what you believe is reflective of your outcomes and not your inputs. So just because you work hard, you know, that's not necessarily how an employer views your, your worth, I guess. Um, and for me, you need to you need to have measurable and defined outcomes that you can say, look, I've achieved this. I believe that in the market that I deserve X percentage increase. And I mean, I, I think if you can do that, which is kind of nearly back to front because you need to do all those things before you ask for what you deserve. But certainly I've never been able to refuse someone a salary increase for giving me and providing me with that kind of stronger performance, good business case, good examples, and then maintaining a calm and collective overview of your achievements for the previous year. Thank you this week to Trevor Murphy of Cooper Fitch, who believes there's a lot of positives for employees and job seekers to look forward to this year. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pf@thenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app to receive updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Doa Farid, and I've been your host, Felicity Glover. <laughs>